Lord, you are the author of life. In you, we live and move and have our being. So I bless this message in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, speak to us today what we need to hear from you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to minister even in ways outside of this message as we're sitting here. We pray your presence would be thick. We exalt the name of Jesus once again in this place and declare that he is Lord. Thank you, God. For three summers, I served as a camp counselor at a Christian camp in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. For two of those summers, the first two summers, I was a regular old cabin counselor, groups of kids that I was shepherding through each week of camp. The last summer, I was the lead counselor, and so my position was I was in charge of all of the other male counselors on staff. And I loved camp. I loved the cookouts. I loved the corn dogs. I loved playing games with kids. I loved, you know, jumping in the water, doing crazy stuff. It was a blast. And one thing that I noticed was the difference between those two positions. When I had that, you know, six to to ten, you know, group of kids in my cabin, life was simple. It was like, all right, for this week, my job is simple. Spend as much time as possible with these kids, love on them, share the truth of God's word with them, and just have a blast with them. That was it, and I loved it. The last season that I was there as the lead counselor, my role was quite a bit more complicated. I was in charge of all these different counselors who were in charge of all of these different cabins, and my time was, was not quite as focused. In, in fact, I was oftentimes wondering, you know, okay, what do I do with my time right now? All my counselors are with their kids. I need to be planning. I need to be meeting with different ones, scheduling things. It was much more complex. And in that, actually, at that point, I, I, uh, I went through probably the most stressful season that year of, of camp as the lead counselor that I'd ever experienced. And this was after getting a job as a teacher, uh, coaching, you know, sports teams, and, you know, all kinds of different things that I'd done in my life. But just for whatever reason, the complexity of managing all these people was really stressful. The question I want to come with today is how do we use the limited time and resources that we have to relate to the people in our lives in healthy ways? Oftentimes we wish, and maybe you hear a kind of a sentiment of the catcher in the rye, if you've ever read that book, of man, I wish I could just be the catcher in the rye, and as the kids are playing, just push them back into the circle, Right? The simplicity of just, these are the six kids, I just got to love them this week, awesome. But for most of us, our lives are not that simple. There's all kinds of relationships that we're trying to manage. Work, family, extended family, neighbors, spouse, kids. There's a complex web of relationships that many of these things need attention. And it's, it's difficult to figure out oftentimes How do I relate to all of these people in healthy ways and care for these relationships? We're in this series, this is the last week, called Hashtag Love is a Choice. And here's where we've been. We know that life is hard and love is hard, but we can do hard things. 
through Christ who gives us strength. We've learned that fear is the enemy of love. And when we give in to fear in relationships, we try to control people and manipulate them often to get our needs met. And the thing that breaks fear is the presence of God, knowing that we are love. And then last week we talked about communication. That connection, which is what we are created for, we are created to connect with God and one another, it requires communication. We talked about all different healthy ways of how we can communicate with one another in healthy ways. So this week I want to talk about the last thing. And this is what we're going to find. You can't win the prize if you don't prioritize. You cannot fulfill your calling in life if you do not prioritize your resources. So we're going to look in, uh, in a passage in the New Testament today. It's a letter of Paul. We're looking at a section of the last chapter of that letter, so it's towards the end. Apostle Paul has written to this letter, this letter to this church, and most of the letter is explaining the truth of the gospel. He's talking about, hey, Jesus came and it's made a world of difference. We're not going back to the law of Moses anymore. We don't have to circumcise our kids. We don't have to follow all these holidays and and ceremonies. We've moved into a new relationship with God because of what Jesus has done. It's a relationship of forgiveness of sin and empowerment to live as Jesus did through the Holy Spirit. And at the end of this letter, Right up to this point where we're looking at, he starts to talk about kind of how this plays out, what the effects are of all this theology he's been going through, all these truths, kind of foundational core teachings. He starts to get into people's personal lives and how this plays out. And so he gets into this section about kind of personally what this means and talking about how we have victory over sin in our lives. And then we pick up today in a section that's talking about how this plays out in our interpersonal relationships. All right? So if you have a Bible, turn to Galatians 6. We're going to read the first 10 verses here. This is Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, interesting phrase to use there in describing the church. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, speaking the truth in love as we talked about last week. But watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Personal responsibility, living as a powerful person, right? Owning your own emotions, feelings, right? Actions. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor, taking care of one another in that way. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh will reap eternal, sorry, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. If at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. All right, I'm going to give you two minutes to answer these two questions with someone near you, or you can just, you know, write it in a journal or think about it yourself. If there was an overarching theme in this section, what what is it? And two, 
What do you make of that last verse, number 10? Overarching theme, what's going on in that last verse? Okay, you got two minutes, go. Okay, one more minute. Okay, if you want to if you want to just shout it out there, anything you noticed, an overarching theme. Do good. It's a good theme. Okay, we nailed it. All right. Yeah, doing good to one another. How to relate to one another. Right? All these different themes. And it's talking about pride in there a little bit and personal responsibility, balancing personal responsibility with kind of community responsibility. So what is going on in verse 10? Seems pretty anti-evangelistic, doesn't it? Any thoughts about that? house has to be healthy and whole to draw people to it effectively. Yeah, so you said it's an inviting in. It's not... Yeah, it's an invitation rather than convincing. Yeah. So he's just saying it's a great place to practice doing good where we're a family and we can make some mistakes and grow in that. This is great. Interestingly, from a book I was reading recently about the early church, it said that this was one of their a favorite verse, actually. They were, the early church was really, really emphasized uh, the habitus of their way of life in training people. They, they, they brought them through this whole catechumenate process before they would allow someone to get baptized because they wanted to make sure that someone was going to live the life of Jesus before they were taking on the name of Christian. They guarded that. And the church grew rapidly in the first 300 years while it was under persecution. Okay? And part of that, this author that I was reading is pointing to the fact that the church was really focused 
on creating this community, this culture that really loved one another and lived out the teachings of Jesus. And so here's something interesting. I mean, it's a striking verse. Is, hey, let us do good to all, but especially those to belong to the family of believers. So one thing I want to point out from that is that there are different levels of relationship and responsibility in your life. There's different levels of connection and responsibility as you live your life. Now, maybe this is obvious to you, but oftentimes, I think especially in the church, we get a little mixed up because we get a bunch of people together that want to help other people and do good in the world, and we often lean into kind of being rescuers and sometimes maybe overlooking some of the relationships that are important that God has given us in our life to care for. So if you picture this, kind of picturing it like an onion, okay, there's different layers, okay, of intimacy and relationships. The first is always God. That is a relationship that we are always responsible to. And the one that above all else, we are to cultivate. And second to that is if you are married, it is your spouse. That is a covenant, lifelong commitment to care for one another until death do you part. And that should take priority over all other human relationships. Third, I would point to kids. If you have kids, you have a responsibility to raise them up in the Lord to provide for their needs, right? Now, once you get past those layers, it starts to get a little more complex. But you've got church family, your parents, siblings, roommates, friends, neighbors, coworkers. Paul is pointing out in this verse that obviously, you know, there's a, there's a certain level of responsibility to be a part of a local church, a local group of believers where we're supposed to do good to one another. And then, fifthly, strangers, we do actually have a responsibility to strangers. Hence, the Good Samaritan. Jesus isn't letting us off the hook if, well, I don't really know you, so I have no responsibility for you. Absolutely not. That is not what we're saying. Even if a person that is a stranger from you is on the very outermost part of your world, there is still a responsibility and a, re- a potential relationship there where we are called. But those relationships are not all the same. You guys tracking with me? It's not the same level of responsibility in these relationships. Listen to this other verse that Paul wrote, 1 Timothy 5.8. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially, so even more so, for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That is some strong language. Right? We have right, a responsibility in differing levels of different relationships in our lives. I was driving to church last Sunday with my son Wes in the back. He was coming to help me set up. And uh, we were driving past the Beverly Golf and Tennis Club. And there was some traffic backed up right before that. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on here. And so a couple cars kind of made their way through. And as we pulled, we pulled by, I saw there was a large snapping turtle in the middle of the street. And a woman had pulled over and was like trying to direct traffic and help. And so I pulled over and I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of the car and see what's going on. So I just told Wes, hey, Wes, I'll be right back. Just, you know, stay calm. I go in and help the woman. I said, hey, you know, what's going on? I said, Try to keep this turtle out of the tree. I said, hey, can I help? You know, she had this, one of those uh, winter, you know, long brushes that you brush the snow with off. So I took that and this little shovel that she had and just like shoved the turtle off the side of the road. And she said, the police are coming. I think we're good. Thanks for doing that. Now the cars can, you know, go a little easier, right? Now, if I was a real man, I would have picked it up by the tail and, like, walked it down to the pond and threw it back in the pond. But 
Remember, I had friends that grew up with that would do that. But yeah, I was like, I'm not going to lose a finger this morning. So all that to say, right, we have an obligation even to a stranger in need. Right? This is a good Samaritan. But not all relationships have the same level of connection and responsibility. And the reason is because you have limits. You have limitations on your resources, your time, your emotional and physical energy, your money. You have limitations. God does not. So God can love all of us. At the same time, he can be committed completely to every person, like no one else, but you cannot. You cannot do that. And so there are certain relationships in your life that need, that must take priority over others. And you have to set your life up so that that is the case. From the book we've been reading, Keep Your Love On, Danny Silk, you are responsible to manage different levels of intimacy, responsibility, influence, and trust with people in your life. Likewise, you are responsible to honor the different levels of access and influence others allow you to have in their lives. Jesus did this. He managed different levels of intimacy. He had, obviously, God the Father, often went alone to pray, Scripture says. Then he had Peter, James, and John. They were the three. They were the ones that got to go on the special excursion up the Mount of Transfiguration, right? There was a couple other times when Jesus took just them on a little healing mission. Then he had the 12, another level of intimacy. Then he had the 72, right? Then kind of other followers alongside of that and the crowds. So Jesus also operated in that manner. There's certain relationships that he was prioritizing in order to accomplish his mission. If you want to win the prize, you have to prioritize. Right? So how do I manage these levels of intimacy? If I'm called to have a different level of commitment to different people, and there's all this complexity of the day in and day out chaos of working and living and eating and all these things that we do and trying to manage relationships around all of that, how do we even do that? How do we honor the people in our lives, the relationships that we have in ways that work? Well, here's the main thing maybe you anticipated we're going to. You need to set boundaries in your life to honor the levels of responsibility with relationships and people. And particularly, boundaries need to come in when you meet a consumer. Someone that, through control or manipulation, wants to just take, take, take. It is not godly to allow a consumer to take everything that you have. Because you don't have everything. You have limits. And so if someone else is consuming your world, you do not have what you need to give the people that you have a responsibility to give to. Of course, on different levels. Another quote from this, this book that I would encourage you to grab. The people you need to set boundaries with are the people who recognize the value of your life but want to relate to you as consumers. Right? A life without boundaries is a directionless life. Again, we all have limitations. And so that means we've got to prioritize the use of those resources, what we've been given. If we don't decide how we're going to use the things in our life, our time, energy, money, then someone else will decide for us. And the devil wants to get you off of your calling. And it's possibly his number one goal in life, apart from just destroying you. He does not want you to live out the calling that God has in your life. But in order to reach your calling, we have to prioritize what we're doing. Now, the flip side is also unhealthy. 
A life with an excess of boundaries is a sterile life, directed by fear, where the boundaries can turn into walls that distance a person from others when what is appropriate is connection. So if we're relating to people that are not consumers and we're constantly putting up boundaries and they're hitting these walls, then we are creating distance and not moving towards connection. In this passage we read, it says we're called to bear one another's burdens and also to not grow weary in doing good. You can't do that if, you're, if you've walled yourself off from ever making a sacrifice on anyone else's behalf. And so the key is, Paul says again in chapter 6, which he says three times in chapter 5, we didn't read that section, he says is to be led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with us to help us discern in those crazy times of our life when there's all kinds of things going on, where to put those resources. Do I help this friend move? Do I not? Right? Do I go to the hospital to visit this sick person? Do I make a meal to take to this person? Do I watch this person's kid? Do I bring this person at work a coffee? And stay? You know, all those you know, infinite decisions that we make all of the time. We need God to help us prioritize these things. And know when it's like, you know what? I just need to go for this. I feel like the Lord's on it. I'm going to make a sacrifice. Okay? It's a word from a, a, a friend of mine, pastor of Antioch Community Church in Raleigh. He talks about the importance that it's, life is about rhythms, not balance. Let me explain this. Okay? My, father is a, my father-in-law is a farmer. Loves John Deere. Anything else is a piece of junk. Okay? When it is harvest season in the fall and the corn is ready to be harvested, there is no balance in life. It's harvest season. It's time to go for it. His wife's driving a, a, a grain truck. He's driving the tractor. They're going to town, right? So my mother-in-law, she gets in the grain truck. She's in a tractor. Got a grain, and there she is. She's driving the tractor, right? It's harvest season. They're going dawn till dusk. They're getting all that stuff in the, in the, in the bins. Life is about rhythms, not balance. Right? A farmer in harvest season is not balanced, but it's the need of the hour. And the more that we walk and we're led by the Spirit, the more we recognize when God is prompting us to take risks, to make sacrifices that are not going to jeopardize the important relationships in our lives. Right? If you get a call in the middle of the night and say, hey, I'm stranded on the side of the road from your best friend, and you say, hey, I got a, I got a, I got a big thing at work tomorrow, sorry, I can't help you. Now, maybe you say, hey, can you call so-and-so first? I really do have a big day tomorrow, and there's a little bit of push and pull there. But when there's an emergency, you drop everything. If he says, someone's bleeding, I need your help right now, right? You just run out the door. You're not thinking about setting a boundary. We need to know the rhythms of life, the seasons where we can push and when we need to rest, okay? Now, I think I'm preaching to the choir a little bit here. I should take my hat off. Sorry, illustration's over. Because I've seen you guys rally around different people in our church when they've been in need. Just take, for instance, a family in our church that is a foster child that was hospitalized. So many people brought them meals, right? Rallied around them, supporting them. That is an inconvenience. Sometimes that might cross a boundary. It's, it's hard to make a meal sometimes and bring it to somebody's house. But you guys did that, right? It's like, okay, this is challenging, but I can do hard things, right? I'm, I'm making this work because this community is important. I'm trying to do things, and I'm feeling led by the Spirit to do something. Okay, so the point is, God in, in, in all of this wants actually to increase our capacity to care for one another so that we can handle more. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We talked about the easy burden from Jesus and the light yoke. Sorry, the light burden and the easy yoke. 
It's not so much that God is making our life easy, it's that he's making us strong so that we can carry more things. But then again, that is not to say that if someone is relating to you as a consumer, it is godly to set a boundary because they need to grow up. They need to live as a powerful person. They need to, they need to, I'll leave it there, okay? So all that to say is there's a couple of things you need to know. You need to know yourself. You need to know your own limits in this season or rhythm of your life. Secondly, you need to know what the Spirit is saying to you. Is God prompting, prompting you to say, hey, this is a great boundary right now, but you need to cross this right now because this person needs help. <clears throat> you need to know generally just what your calling is. And oftentimes that does have to do with relationships more than it does than your career. Although the career is obviously a part of that. And third, you need a community of people around you helping you say, hey, your boundaries are a little strict. Or hey, you need some boundaries, bro. Right? You're just running all over the place. You're wearing yourself out. Okay? Guys, the life of Jesus, this is all over the place in the Gospels. Jesus was constantly dealing with manipulators, controllers, people that had a different agenda for his life. People that wanted him to do things, and he said, no. Here's some quick examples. Jesus, come settle the dispute between me and my brother about the inheritance. Who made me a judge or arbiter over you? And then he points out greed. He's like, you know, watch out for greed. It's kind of like speaking the truth and love there to that guy. Jesus, give us a sign to show us that you're the Messiah. Jesus, give us another free meal. Here's a free meal. Eat my, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Jesus, your mother's here. She wants to talk to you. You know, she's saying, she needs to speak to you right now. Who are my mother and my brothers and my sisters, those who do the will of God? Jesus set boundaries all over the place if you read through the Gospels. You'll see him if you, if you pay attention. But he also stops for the one. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everyone's telling him, shut up, shut up, don't bother him, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yells louder. Jesus comes over, what can I do for you? I want, I want my sight. You've received it. All right? Jesus is the perfect example of setting boundaries and prioritizing relationships in life. Now, there's more about boundaries. I mean, people write a whole book about this. I can't cover it all in a sermon. But the important thing I'm trying to say is that, hey, it's appropriate to have different levels of commitment and intimacy and responsibility in relationships. That is 100% godly. It is ungodly to allow someone to consume you, and it's not good for them. They need to learn to be a powerful person, right? Here's the last thing. Boundaries come naturally when you value yourself, which is the result of understanding God's love and value for you. If there's one thing you get out of this, if you dive more deeply into God's love for you, just asking God, show me how much you love me. I want to know your love for me. We will start to value our own time and resources more. Because Jesus, again, is the ultimate example. He knew God's love for him more than anyone else, and he set boundaries. And he knew when it was time just to do the harvest, to go hard. And we love because he first loved us. Oftentimes, as Christians, we think that this is our life. Jesus, use me up. 
and throw me away. That is not the gospel. God is not looking to use us. He is way more concerned about us relating to him and growing to love others and relate to them in healthy ways. So if we're a water bottle, we're this. This is my bird water bottle. This thing is a work of art, right? It's got all these pictures that someone painted on these birds. It's awesome, right? I fill it up. I use it again. I cherish it. Yeah, it's got some, some dents and some dings. But God values your life. He values you, and he values your calling, and the devil wants to keep you from it, to devalue yourself, to devalue your resources, to devalue the things that God has given you, to minister to a hurting world and people around you. We've got to value it and say, this is valuable. I'm not just going to throw pearls to swine, right? We have a responsibility to love the people in our lives that are around us, to relate to them in healthy ways, and when they need a boundary set, we set that if they're relating to us in consumer ways. Let's have the band come back up. And I want to give you a quick summary. This is from the last page in Keep Your Love On, which just to summarize this whole series. Before I do that, I just want to say this again. If you want to win the prize, you have to prioritize. That is an important part of, of learning how to relate to people, learning how to live, and to fulfill our calling, we have to make choices. We are limited God is not limited, but we are limited. And life is about relationships. All right, here's a quick summary, and then we're going to worship and close. From Danny's book. I know the spirit of power and love is at work within me. I can love at all times through Christ who strengthens me. I am courageous with my love. I am powerful to control myself no matter what no matter what others choose to believe or do. My goal is connection, not distance. I will tell others about me and let them tell me about them. I matter, and so do you. I clearly and honestly express what I am feeling and what I need to feel. I listen well to what others are feeling and what they need to feel. I communicate my value and priorities by expecting respect. I show respect by listening well and honoring the boundaries of others. And lastly, I keep my love on and chase fear out of my most vital relationships. Let's pray. Jesus, we just need help. Life's complicated, but it's not to you. You always know every solution, every answer. And so we just invite you, Holy Spirit, a couple things. If there's any unhealthy relationships in our lives that need a boundary, would you highlight that? And secondly, God, if we need to tear down some walls with people, I pray that you would lead us to doing that in this time. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak. And above all else, Holy Spirit, let us feel the love of our Father and the love of Jesus as we sing this closing song. Thank you, God. Come. If you need prayer for any reason, let's have the prayer team come forward. Please come to the front. Let's stand and sing.